What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Rose. And we're recording this in our new studio, which is our apartment. It's on the main street, so hopefully you can't hear it. Well, welcome to episode 76. Uh, We are going to be talking about the fear of missing out on games. But before we get there, we need to ask the question that we ask every single week. Liz, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, Our house is finally unpacked. Yeah. And as per a normal move, we are missing a box of things. Yeah, it's weird that we're missing this box. We don't know where it is. It's got like our decorations kind of into it. I forgot the sounds of my phone. Home decor. And I have some porcelain dolls that I've had since I was little that were in that box, which I'm sure Adam is perfectly fine with them being missing. Oh, no. I'm, I'm I'm so sad that they're gone. Um... But yeah, I don't know where this box is. It's driving me crazy. But so, our, but our house is pretty much unpacked, other than a few random things. We got rid of some stuff while unpacking, and Christmas is up. So our house is now full of Christmas. Christmas is indeed up, but um, I do have to get to my new job in a bit. So, so we're gonna stay on topic and on point and end on time. Yeah. But uh, before I get to our announcements, like if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, we have this new setup here. We got the Animal Crossing that's set like Grand Theft Auto and then the Konami Code. Uh, Both of these artists, I will try to remember to put in the description because I want to support all artists out there. But it's really creative. And this is a minimalist kind of painting with the Konami Code. I yeah, really, we really like it. Liked that one. We we liked a lot of that that artist stuff. We had to s- figure out which one we wanted more because yeah, unfortunately we did not have the money to buy all of his paintings. True, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're in a new apartment. Um, right behind us is a main street. Like main street, it is the main road in and out of our tiny little town. So hopefully, you can't hear. All the cars in the background. Or the horse and buggies. Or the horse and buggies. Well, I'm sure you don't mind those. Um, But yeah, so here's hoping. This is a test run. But let's just get started. Uh, But before we get started, we want to remind everybody that we're on social media, on Twitter, at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So you can follow us there, be friends with us there, and just talk with us. I actually put up a video on our YouTube channel called uh, Why I Left Youth Ministry. And I even invited anybody to uh, DM me on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, at Ace the Grocer if you want to talk about youth ministry stuff. So I'm on there at Ace the Grocer. But we're also on Instagram, Games of Groceries, all one word, where you can see behind the scenes photos, uh, some gaming memes from time to time, as well as uh, midweek speak, which I put up every Friday around uh, around lunchtime on Fridays up until Sunday at lunchtime so that we can record your thoughts on our midweek speak topic. So that will be coming out on Wednesdays. Wednesdays is midweek speak. So if you want to join in the discussion, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can also check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the episodes from the website, as well as find out where you can listen to the audio versions of our website. And finally, if you're watching us on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button, the notification bell. If you're interested in knowing when all of these podcasts come out, as well as Let's Plays, Midweek Speak. So definitely keep in touch, as well as review us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Give us your honest feedback because we love reading about it. And if you want to email me, contact at gamesgroceries.com. I'll be available there as well. So, well, with all that said and done, let's just get into it with our first segment. Movie Minutes. 
Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theaters, and we like to recommend it, or we don't recommend it, but since it's the holiday spirit, Jingle Bells time. I'm not doing that thing again on the video. Jingle Bells. It's Christmas time, so every single movie that we watch uh, up until after Christmas, you know, after, after the Christmas season is over, it will all be Christmas movies. And we're going to rate it, instead of 1 to 10 as a movie, we're going to rate it 1 to 10 jingles of how much Christmas spirit it gives us. Uh, what's 10, you ask? Um, Elf. Elf is the yardstick for how like much jingles. It's like all Christmas, makes you want Christmas, gets you excited for Christmas. Like, Christmas! And one being, it's just a normal movie. There's no Christmas about it at all. Yeah. So uh, let's just get into it because this is actually a recent film in theaters that just released called Last Christmas. Yes. Um, it has the guy from Crazy Rich Asians. I can't remember his name. Yeah. But his character. So yeah. it's the main actor from Crazy Rich, Crazy Rich Asians, and he's the main actor in this movie as well. Um, but let's just get into it. Liz, opening thoughts. Not what I expected. Not what you expected. No. So I was actually thinking today when I was thinking about what I was going to say about this movie. And I remember saying the same thing about Us. Yes. And it was portrayed as a really great movie. Like Us was portrayed as a really awesome, scary movie. And I got there. I was like, that was not scary whatsoever. Yeah. And this movie was portrayed as a really good Christmas rom com. Mm-hmm. And really, this was a rom com that happened to be set at Christmas. Yeah. So it really could have been done in any season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have been the same story. So it was mildly disappointing. I can agree with that. It was it was just mildly disappointing because of how it was portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I stay on track because I'm looking around our studio and seeing how we can set it up. Yeah, so our brains are like yeah everywhere. <laughs> Quite literally, the microphones are pointed at Main Street. And I think that was just a bad idea in looking forward. But it's but, the only wall that's available. Well, I, I'll let you know off camera. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have an idea. But anyways, um, but let's continue with our movie minutes. Um, but I have a couple notes here about the film. And it really wasn't a Christmas movie. No. It wasn't a Christmas movie. It was more like what you said. It, it's a rom-com set in Christmas time. And not a Christmas rom-com. Right. It wasn't a Christmas rom-com. It was just that. It was a rom-com. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a little disappointing because the title is Last Christmas and the actress works in a Christmas shop. So you expected it to be like super Christmassy, like really great Christmas rom-com. Exactly. And I don't think it hit that nail where it's just it, it just felt like a rom-com that was set in Christmas and, and nothing really more. And, and I kind of want to jump in my second note because it kind of you know, really dives into that. But yeah. um, the thing about this movie is that I think the Christmas aspect was a stretch. There's, there's a lot in this movie that is just kind of like, it's not really necessarily needed to be a Christmas movie. And the yeah. Christmas aspects of this movie was kind of a stretch. And here's the other thing about, you know, talking about big stretches in this movie. There were some nice things to say yeah. that, um, they, they, they talked about Brexit. They talked about homeless shelters. They talked about bad times and bad times still happen during yeah. Christmas. And I think that was the point of the movie is that bad things still happen during Christmas. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is that it stretched. This is an only, this movie is only an hour and 43 minutes. 
And I feel like there was a lot of cuts in the editorial room. I, I feel like the screenwriter mm-hmm. who was uh, Emma Thompson, uh, Emma Thompson sc- uh, wrote this screenplay. And I think she had a lot to say. And then they got to the editorial room. She had like two and a half hours worth of footage. And the guys are like, listen, you can't be giving in a two and a half hour movie. And you watch this movie and there's a lot of story plots where it felt like I'm missing something here. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, there were just some things like the story about Brexit mm-hmm. where her parents were talking about how they left their country and like they included, in Yugoslavia. Yeah, yeah. they put that in the movie in different parts like they like um, the main character met people from Yugoslavia yeah. on the bus and things like that. Like they included it throughout the whole story. Mm-hmm. But the story didn't need that in it. Right. Like it added a layer that was not necessary where you could have put more of the actual story. I agree with you that. You know, like they didn't say like the, throughout the whole time they're saying like and you, and you know this from the trailers that mm-hmm. like she's sick. Yeah. Like or she was sick last year and something happened and she's not taking care of herself. But they don't tell you what it was that she that was sick about her until like the end of the movie. And I understand they needed to withhold some information Mm -hmm. for the story. Right. At the same time, the whole movie, I was like, did I miss like did did they say it? What what it was? And I missed it because like, yeah, the whole story. I was like, wait, did they say it? And I missed it. And then they told I was like, oh. They just waited till the end to tell me. I think okay. I think the best way to describe this screenplay is frustrating. Yeah. Like it, it's not hard to follow. It's no, not frustrating. At all. Yeah. And that's just it. Is that like I, I think she had a lot to say. And I think there's some valid points in this movie. But I, I what I think about it, it and this is I couldn't help but think about this. Um I worked in ministry. Whoa, surprise. <laughs> Shocker. Um, and there's things called, you know, like pe- some some evangelists, they go to the mall and then they hand out pamphlets. And I feel like it's just that they they try to get one message across in one conversation and they just like blow your mind with it. And then mm-hmm. they kind of leave you. And this is yeah. the thing about television series or just focusing on one single plot point. I think Emma Thompson had a lot to say and I think she had valid points, but she just tried yeah. to jam it into a rom-com. Instead of just, you know, making a movie about Brexit. Yeah. And that's just it. Is that like if she had made them two separate movies, yeah. They'd probably be both be amazing. And that's the thing. I think she was I think she's an excellent screenplay mm-hmm. writer. I think she's an excellent writer. It's just that I think she just put herself in a corner mm-hmm. and she didn't focus on this movie. And okay, so here's the thing. I I believe that saying that there's a twist in a movie is a spoiler, but I'm going to say there's a twist. There's always a twist. Yeah. It makes a rom-com. Well, that's the thing. I think it's like if you're expecting a a twist twist. and that's the thing, like you get to the twist and I audibly said in the theater, what? Like I just, it made zero sense. Like, and that's the thing. I think if Emma Thompson focused on building up this twist, it would have had a better payoff, but yeah, because she had a lot to say. Now let let's let's wrap let's wrap this up because um, we could go on for a while. We yeah. talked the entire car ride home. Yeah. Uh, overall, I think the Christmas movie was kind of a stretch. It's not really a Christmas movie. I think this yeah. rom com could have been set in any time of year. It could have it could have even been released in a different time of year. Yeah, it could have been released in August and it wouldn't have made a difference. So, and that's the thing. 
I, I was talking about the screenplay, but we're actually rating this as a Christmas movie. Yeah. We're not doing this movie minutes to say, like, was it a good movie? Because Christmas movies get a whole lot more lenience yeah, because in the cheese department. Same thing for Halloween movies. It's not a good movie, but does it spook you enough? You know, exactly. Christmas movies does it get in your Christmas spirit. So, and that's the thing. This needs to be judged as a Christmas movie, not only because it's set during Christmas, but because it's released during the Christmas season. Exactly. Because if this was released in a different time of year, it'd be like, all right, so it's not really a Christmas movie. It just happens to be based in Christmas. And even but when you purposefully release it during the Christmas season, right after Halloween, mm-hmm. it becomes a Christmas movie. And well, the title is Last Christmas. Exactly. The, the that twist. Too. The twist had Christmas theme, and I was just like, yeah. "Really?" Right, we gotta wrap it up. Okay, out of uh, out of ten jingles, out of elf jingles, what do you give this? Four. Four out. Of I also gave it a four, but yeah. why did you give it a four? I gave it a four because it didn't really get me in the Christmas <coughs> spirit. Um, it, like I said, it wasn't. It didn't need to be set during Christmas, so it, I didn't really feel like it was a Christmas movie. Right. And that's just it. That's pretty much the baseline of it is that it didn't even need to be set at Christmas to work. And that's the thing. It's not a one, two or three. It's a four. It's below average. And I wouldn't even say it's an average Christmas movie. No. Because it did have Christmas themes in it. It did give you like some holiday spirit here and there. It just sprinkled it in. And that's what it is. It's sprinkled in. It's not really a Christmas movie. It's a rom-com with a twist. Yeah. But uh, to sell tickets, it's set in Christmas. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't feel guilty about watching this in the summertime. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you watch Elf during the summer, you're like, oh, should I be watching this? <laughs> but this, I wouldn't be worried about watching any other time of year. Yeah. So, those are our thoughts on Last Christmas. Um, now, as a movie, would you recommend it? I don't think it's a waste of time. Yeah, it's an all. It's only an hour it's, after before credits. It's an hour and thirty three. Yeah, I checked my so, phone. So I, I still recommend it if you're looking for a decent rom com. You don't mm-hmm. mind some cheese factors. There's a lot of cheese. There's a lot of cheese, especially yeah. the twist is insanely disappointing for me. Um, it was like just I was like, just like, when they showed it, I was like, really, really, that's the way you went with this. Um, yeah. So if you don't mind that stuff, it's it's fine. It's it's not it's not a complete waste of time. You you. Yeah. I would I, I wouldn't drag my friend to go see it, but I would say if they asked me what I thought about, I'm like yeah, you could see it if you want. Yeah, I give it. I'm a not l- seeing it again, but you I can go see it by yourself. <laughs> I give it a low recommendation. Yeah, I give it a very generous recommendation. Yeah. Um, in the way of just saying it, like it's fine. If it's you want to go see it, if you want to judge it for yourself, go ahead. Don't ask me to see it with you though. Yeah. So that's movie minutes uh, about last Christmas. It's still in theaters. It just released last weekend. I believe, yeah, last weekend. So yeah, it released on moving day. So that's a uh, Christmas theme movie minutes. Uh, we're going to be doing this until Christmas season is over, which means uh, in April when our tree comes down. Um, our tree comes down before your birthday. Thank yeah. you very much. By the way, my birthday is January sixth. If you want to surprise, so our tree comes down in the new year. Yeah, I'm on, I'm actually born on the twelfth day of Christmas. I know you tell me every year, and your mom tells me every year. You both tell me every year. Moving on to our next segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news are the game news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rank in three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the games industry. So let's get started because this time it's actually gaming news. Unlike oh. last week. Last week was a little less gaming news. But you know what? These are specific gaming world news. Gaming world news. So 
Let's talk about this with number three about Hideo Kojima. I still haven't played Death Stranding. Let me tell you something. Since the move, I haven't even touched Outer Worlds, and it's driving me insane. He hasn't played any video games since the move. Besides Life is Strange, because we did it for the channel. Oh, yeah, we did play. That's the only video game I've touched. That doesn't count. You've played that too many times. It doesn't count as playing. And plus, it's for the channel. It was work. But that's just it. It's just like, because of the move... And like packing and getting everything set and then starting my new job and then recording for the channel. I haven't really had a day off yet um, because my one day off from my work, we were still unpacking. Yeah, that's when we got rid of all the boxes. Mm -hmm. So I still haven't played Death Stranding, but we're going to talk about it on our um, talking time topic because I don't think I'm going to play it. Anytime soon, but, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Talking about. Stay on topic. Well, be, speaking of Death Stranding, Hideo Kojima actually claims that Americans just don't get they just don't get it. Death Stranding because they like their first uh, person shooters. So let's get into this. Uh, with the release of Death Stranding, right? Uh, there was a very dis- divisive reviews. I would say mixed reviews because. That's the thing is that some people absolutely loved it. Some people just thought it was boring. But Hideo's excuse, once again, with this whole Death Stranding thing, I just hear excuses of Hideo Kojima. I'm not a man for excuses. I'm really not. Yeah. My motto is find solutions, not excuses. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, Maybe that was the way I grew up. But all I hear is excuses, like saying like, I want to make a new genre. You might not get it because it's a new genre. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, Hideo. And then this thing, he actually was on an Italian site. Oh, man, I can't remember what it was called. Go Adam. But he he was on, oh, TGC.com. TGCom. There you go. TGCom. But that's the thing. He he actually quoted on here. Now, keep in mind, this is Japanese, translated to Italian, and I think to another language. So his tone of voice was a little mistaken. Okay. Probably. But he said that we Americans don't get it because we like first-person shooters and we can't interpret the art correctly. Now, I want to read this quote right here from Kojima that he told, our dog went behind the mattress that's standing up. He's exploring. You talk. I'll go save the dog from untimely death. (laughs) So um, Hideo Kojima said, oh, wait, he's out. He's out. Okay. Uh, He says this. I always try to create new things and disputes and discussions are fine. He says disputes and discussions are fine. Um, But... It must be said that Italians or the French have a different artistic sensibility that allows them to appreciate this kind of very original products. They are not in video games, but also in the cinema. So, okay, I think there's some valid points to this, but I think it was kind of said in the wrong way. And, and I've been there. I talk a lot and I say things that's, you know, Maybe gets me in trouble. I don't know. Um, you just interpret yourself wrong. I do. I really do. I, I literally am the Adam translator when he's talking. I mean, remember our marriage counseling? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyways. So much translating. So what did you say? What he meant was. Anyways. That's a story for another time. <laughs> 
But I want to break down this quote right here. Um, I try to create new things, and disputes and discussions are fine. And that's good. You know, he likes to create new things. That's well and good. I, I think that's fine. Disputes and discussions. He's open to that. But then he says, but it must be said. Now, uh, again, this is translated. So maybe he didn't say this exactly. I'm giving him some leeway here. Um, the Italians and the French have a different have a different artistic sensibility, and I think that's true. Americans, Italians, French, different countries yeah. interpret art differently. Of course. Allows them to appreciate this very original product. And I think that's just kind of an excuse to say that, like, well, you know, Americans, you don't have the same. So you're not you can't appreciate this. And it's I don't know. I don't like that. It sounds like he's going the lines of uh, like everyone thinks of Americans that we are stupid, yeah, dirty, gun battling, yeah, you know, like we can't, no one in America can appreciate good art because we're just that stupid, exactly. And that's just it. I think, uh, once again, this is an excuse from Hideo Kojima. This is an excuse, like, well, you know, you just don't get it. And I have to disagree with that because. I do agree. I think there is merit to what he said that most Americans do like their first-person shooters. Call of Duty is a bestseller. Grand Theft Auto is a bestseller here in the States. But it's also true over in Japan. Mm-hmm. Now, I do agree that some art in Japan is much different than America. Oh, yeah. In fact, Sega fought that over and over again. But Art in every country is different from each other. That's <coughs> why when you look at artists from other countries yeah. in any media, it's different when right. it comes from a different country. That's the point. Yeah. So I'm not insulted by this as an American, but I think I'm only insulted because it's an excuse. It is. It's. I mean, you hear it all the time <coughs> when a game doesn't do well. The creators, developers, whatever, always seem to blame the fans or the people that you just are playing. don't get it yeah like oh they don't get it they're not doing it right like yeah they blame the people who bought their game yeah for not liking it and that's yeah. <laughs> it's just like a cop-out it's like it would be like me saying about the youtube channel if people saw it, it's like this is kind of a crappy channel well you know your you artistic sensibility you just don't get it you don't no. get our style no we need to change your style because people don't like it yeah and that's just it um but yeah, let's move forward because I can go on and on about this. But Yeah, we didn't think we were going to talk that long on it. Yeah, but it is kind of a weird topic. But it is. this is pre- pretty quick. I'm going to go pretty quick on number two. Is that Fallout 76? <laughs> what? Tired of talking about Fallout 76. Yeah. Uh, Fallout 76, uh, Bethesda actually banned a player, banned a player for reporting a bug. Mm. This is just a PR nightmare that they just did not need. Nope. So they didn't need a lot of things they've been doing. I think this actually happened Saturday of last week and I probably missed out on it, but I was just hearing about it this week and it's just been a crazy move. So I'm sorry if this happened last week, but um, okay. So map 70 map 76 is a website that has an interactive map of fallout 76 of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And he has a site and he goes around and he develops it. It's actually a whole team of people. Wow. But he was exploring the world. He was exploring the world and uh, he saw an exploit. So let me read this quote from the article. Um, it says the band came after he found a serious exploit, allowing players to easily acquire legendary drops. The player tested and subsequently had one of his group members report the issue to Bethesda. 
After, after reporting the issue, he was banned a day later. So going into what Bethesda did, okay, I think they were a little trigger happy. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's, you know what, I'm not going to say it's okay, but I understand where they're coming from. Because Fallout 76 is kind of like a burning trash can where they're just trying to put out the fire and one person's like, hey, there's a legendary drop. I And it says he tested it. He did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to say that Bethesda was right on this. But, well, I don't know. No, what because think. he had to test it to make sure it was he was right in his thinking. And he was trying to help them by going to Bethesda. It's not like he posted it on social media and said, hey, everybody. Yeah. He went to Bethesda and said, hey. There's a bug in here. You might want to fix it. I found it. I tested it. I think you should look at it and fix it. But instead, they're like, no, you did it. So we're going to ban you for our mistake for putting something in there. Yeah. It's just. um, No, but that's just in the wrong. I don't think this guy's in the wrong at all. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like still the pro still Bethesda is the one that had that bug in there. It is their fault. That's in there. Not his. Mm -hmm. Why? I wouldn't blame a player for taking advantage of. Right. Of a bug. And that's the thing. He reported the issue and yeah. all that. It's not like he was. It's not like he was using the bug for his own gain. He was using it to make sure that that is what he what it was. Yeah. You know, but that's just wrong. They're always wrong. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about them. Now, Map Seventy Six has since shut down, um, and ridiculous. and they asked for a refund, and Bethesda like gave them he they approved him with a with, um, and an exception, so he got his refund. Map 76 is shut down. And this is just something that Fallout 76 just did not need no. right now. But again, it's something that they brought on themselves. They could have said, wow, thanks for letting us know and fixed it. Instead, they're like, banned. Yeah. This is their own fault all over again. It's something that they brought on themselves. Yeah. And that's just it. It's just like, I'm, I'm really hoping Wastelanders is good. I'm really, really hoping because... That's they a- better be hoping... Because this is just the not... The goes wrong. Oh, my goodness. This is just not something they needed, and it just went down in the worst way. Yeah. So here's hoping. Here's hoping it actually does Fingers well for them. Fingers crossed. But, um, yeah, enough about that. Let's just go into our number one gaming news, and that's... Uh, hashtag Game Freak Lied! Is what people said on Twitter. And I think they jumped the gun a little bit. Um, so, yeah, hashtag Game Freak Lied was trending on Twitter because uh, a bunch of data miners actually found out, found out. I don't know the whole story. Uh, they found out that they actually are using Game Freak is using the same models as Sun and Moon into Sword and Shield. So they said that they couldn't, you know, bring in new monsters because of all this. Now, the link down below is all the articles. There's a Polygon article that I would like you to read because it actually puts it all into perspective. It's actually in a meditated thoughts about what this whole situation is. And the article is actually titled Game Freak Lied isn't entirely about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Resentment has been brewing for years. And it's to say that, like, listen, this isn't the first time. Yeah. And this is coming from me. The last Pokemon game I ever played, I'm not kidding you, was Pokemon Crystal. That was the last Pokemon game I played. I'm not trying to say I grew out of Pokemon. I'm I'm trying to say that like 
I, I haven't been keeping up with it. Yeah. And the only time I've been keeping up with it was Sword and Shield that looked really interesting. Yeah. And now I have a Switch. I would like to play it. But the whole article kind of puts everything in perspective, saying that Game Freak has lied about this. They have frustrated players. Um, Arlo on YouTube actually makes a really good point. Is that Pokemon, I don't know if you know this, Liz, it's actually the highest grossing entertainment medium of all entertainment IPs ever. Like it's number one, the billions and billions of dollars, probably trillions. Well, I believe that. And they can't come up with like a new mechanic, new games. They have the money. They have the resources to make this a fantastic, nice flowing game because it's Pokemon. We can't find new monsters. Now, the article also states like it states like the the interviews that everybody's interpreting say that like you're just it's saying like, listen, you're nitpicking, you're cherry picking on what you want to hear. Nice. If you heard that. Yeah. Again, uh, we're on Main Street right here. I think this is a stupid idea to put it on this wall. Go, Adam. High five. Anyways. um, But it it puts it kind of in perspective to say that, um, listen, this isn't the first time, and maybe we should calm down. Now, I want to read this quote from the article. And I think this is where they lost me in this. But I think they have a valid point. It says, then again, who would want to throw themselves in the proverbial wolves when everyone is angry? Game Freak is the latest victim in an ongoing war between video game fans and the people who make their entertainment. It is also perhaps the most egregious target so far. There's something jarring about seeing such raw vitriol spewed towards a children's game whose mascot is a cute yellow rodent. So I think it had a valid point to begin with, and then it become condescending. Like it's a yeah. come on, it's a children's game yeah. with a yellow rodent. I think there's that's where Polygon kind of lost me. But yeah, the point being is that listen, once again, video game players are at war with the people who make it. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah, I get that. I do get that. Because we do live in such a negative atmosphere that yeah. everything is wrong. We've, we've been talking about Fallout 76 and everything's mm-hmm. wrong about that. And it, it is kind of frustrating to live in this time. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this quote? I understand both sides. Mm-hmm. I understand like on the fan side that Game Freak lied. They're not doing what they said they were going to do. Yeah. And people, you know, put money out for these games expecting it to be one thing. Yeah. And ends up not being what they were told it was going to be. Right. But then I also understand the side of Game Freak and where Polygon's coming from. It's like y'all are overreacting. It's yeah. a game mm-hmm. meant to just enjoy. It's not, it, it doesn't need to be any specific way, you know? So I understand both sides. I do. And I do understand <clears throat> we do live in a society right now where everyone's opinion needs to be heard because if that this game came out when we were 10 years old yeah we don't care it's a game it's a new game and we want it but and that's the thing they're saying like oh it's a children's game it's not really because pokemon came out when we were little and now we're adults we grew up with pokemon yeah you know so yeah it can be for kids but it's also still for the people who were kids when it came out and that's like i said i think it becomes condescending yeah to say like come on come on polygon like, get off your high horse. Yeah, like... But again, I think Polygon makes some valid points in this article. 
It's actually a very excellent read. I'll have it linked down below, both if you're listening to this on iTunes or watching this on YouTube, anywhere. <clears throat> I, I think it's a very interesting read, and it does put the whole thing in perspective. I myself am not that big of a Pokemon fan anymore. No. Uh, so I'm not going to claim that like Game Freak has lied to me before, but it's actually pretty interesting what this whole thing has become. And I like how they said, like, this is just an ongoing war. This is the most egregious target. And because it's Pokemon, like, we're yeah. putting this all in attention. And the fact that hashtag Game Freak lied was trending on Twitter. Yeah. And the thing with NBA 2K, NBA 2K20, like, fix NBA 2K20, was also trending on Twitter. That, I think, was valid because NBA 2K20 was also a garbage fire. But, you know, that's just for me to say. Anyway. So... Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts also. Like, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, definitely comment down below. What are your thoughts about all these news articles? Hideo Kojima, uh, do you think that he was right in saying that? Do you think that Americans only like FPSs or, you know, we don't have the artistic sensibility? Also, if you live in Germany, you could you could give your thoughts about Americans. I don't know. Um, number two, um, Fallout 76. Was Bethesda in the right? Was it in the wrong uh, what do you think about the whole situation? Are you playing Fallout 76? I'm probably not going to play it until Wastelanders comes out. That's just how I play things. I'm not really a multiplayer game kind of guy. And finally, like Game, 3, game Freak lied. What, read the article and give your thoughts about it in the comments down below. So, um, But yeah, let's just move on to our final segment. Every single week here on the Games of Groceries podcast, we like to talk about things called talkie time. We like to talk about female gamers or uh, game collections. Uh, we, we have a, a, a lot of topics. Uh, we're at episode 76, and every single episode, we've had a topic, a big topic to talk about uh, for the last piece of segment. Now, we kind of talked about this uh, with our one subject called Just Wait for a Sale, but we kind of want to mm -hmm. get a little deeper into it. And it's the fear of missing out in games. Yeah. Now, let's get into this because I, I kind of feel like this with both Death, Death Stranding and Jedi Fallen Order. Mm -hmm. These are games that I just want to play right now and I'm fearing that we're missing out on this. But let's first, we always start our conversations by defining the subject. So let's, let's define it first. What is the fear of missing out with games, right? What's the feeling like? I feel like... The fear of missing out when it when it comes to games is that even though it doesn't sound like a game you're going to like from reviews and reviewers yeah. that you trust, they're saying it's not good or that there's things wrong with it, that you're not interested in playing it, but you're almost inclined to buy it anyway and play it anyway because you're worried you're missing something. Mm -hmm. that you won't be able to have anything to say on the topic when your friends are talking about it yeah. or that maybe you'll feel differently about it than the reviewers do, I think even so. though you tend to agree with those reviewers. Yeah. And that's just this like, it's the fear of missing out. Um, in that way, I, I kind of define it very similar to yours, but you know, maybe a little different, but it's just that fear that you are not going to be, in the social aspects, right? You're you're going to be left out. No one's going to appreciate it. No one's going to talk to you. It's just kind of like um, you want to be in the in crowd and you're kind of fearing that you're going to be the outsider in your social aspects. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's the fear of just missing what everyone else is talking about, right? And I think it's just kind of this unexplained phenomenon where you know you don't have to be scared of 
being outside, like you, you know, you shouldn't care what other people think, and yet it still happens. Yeah. Do you ever feel like that sometimes? Um, like scared that I'm gonna miss out on something. Yeah, it doesn't have to be video games. It could be movies. I mean, yeah, I do all the time. <coughs> um, when it comes to like my family doing things that mm-hmm. I couldn't make it to. Yeah. Because of where we were living or because we had work that day or things like that i always feel like i'm missing out like i'm missing out on memories or things like that yeah now let's talk about like why do we feel like this where does it stem from because we we've established that this isn't something we should always be fearing but where does it stem from what do you think that we've been doing to say that like i'm fearing i'm gonna miss out on this where does it stem from I think it stems from culture from like middle school and high school. Yeah, because I agree. All the time when you're growing up in, in those age groups between middle school and high school, it's like everyone, like every time you're watching a TV show, it's like, oh, I'm missing out on everything because my parents can't afford to buy me the latest clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm missing out on this because we can't get this. And like, that's, it's, that's always like the main plot point in all those shows based in middle school and high school is that one yeah. kid can't have what everyone else has and they miss out on that. They mm-hmm. miss out on that attention, missing out on that game. And I think that's where it stems from is just the culture that you're brought up in in middle school and high school. And it, even though you it doesn't follow you as hard in adulthood because you realize that th- that stuff doesn't matter, you still feel like that sometimes when it comes yeah. to things you really care about. And if you're very passionate about games, mm-hmm. you know, you're very scared that you're missing out on something if you don't get this game. I agree with that. And that's just it. So, like, even as a gamer, a gamer, a hardcore gamer since middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just it. Is that like, I, I, I think in the middle school age, in the high school age, now I've worked with middle schoolers, I've worked with high schoolers when I was in youth ministry. And that's a time where you're the most self aware. Mm-hmm. Elementary school, there's still some bullying happening, but. Middle school, you start to become more aware of mm-hmm. social aspects. You become more, um, you become. You you start to notice what your friends have and what you don't have. Exactly. It becomes a haves and haves not, especially in high school. Yeah. I should tell my students all the time that it's hard being a high schooler. It's so hard because mm-hmm. here's the thing. You're, you're keeping up not only with your academics, but your social game as well. It definitely is like both you have to keep up. Yeah. And because these are such um, big times in life for development, especially in middle school, those kind of things stick with you. You don't just drop those. Right. If something bad happens in your life when you're in middle school age, that kind of sticks with you. It's kind of like a scar that sticks with you. And that's why I think you still have it as an adult because in middle school you were kind of made fun of. For not having the right thing. I still, to this day, I love my mom. I love her dearly. She did the best she could for me with the money we had. But now that I can buy what I want, I'm never wearing another pair of New Balance shoes ever again. Yeah, he gets really insulted when I suggest them. Yeah, because in middle school, I was made fun of for wearing New Balances instead of Nike. And to this day, I will never, ever wear a New Balance shoe. I I don't care how cool it is. I'm never wearing it because like I still have that from middle school days. Yeah. Like I cannot wear New Balance shoes, um, but it kind of sticks with you in that way. And I think that's where this feeling comes from, from the fear of missing out. Yeah. It's because everybody else had what you didn't have 
or you know maybe you did but you or you only had that thing because you had the fear of missing out you didn't yeah. want that thing you didn't want that game you didn't want to experience that game you want to experience the game you wanted to play but because there's this fear of missing yeah, out because everyone else is buying it like you've bought games because your friends are buying them like mm -hmm. eh, i don't know but then like your friend buys it, you're like oh well i could play with him online so yeah. then you bought it and that's the thing i think that's where fortnite really got its steps because there's yeah. a huge fear of missing out. Yeah. Because everyone else is keeping up. Everyone else is ranking up. Everyone else is buying the same skins yeah. and you didn't buy that skin. And it becomes this fear of missing out. I still remember there were reports. This is when, you know, Fortnite hit its peak. So this is a while ago. Uh, but I remember there were reports saying that, that like kids were bullying each other for not having the right skins or having enough win there ratio. There are way too many outlets for kids to bully each other. I think we need to have age limits. No, like within the schools. I know. That's still bad. Yeah. But we still, I, I just going a little off topic, I really do think that we need to go back to having age limits on these on social media outlets and websites. Yeah. but like I they remember you couldn't have a MySpace until you were 18. What? Or 16 or something. It was like an old. Oh, age. yeah. Like, you couldn't get certain social medias until you were no, a No, Twitter age. you can't have until you're 16, but people lie about it. Yeah. But that's the thing. Is it like, um, I think that Fortnite had that uh, ratio, and that's why it became so successful, because kids were just... And I remember there was reports saying, like, parents were buying tutors so that kids can be good I at Fortnite. I forgot about that. Remember that? Yeah. There were reports saying that, like, they bought tutors so they wouldn't be bullied in school. Not on social media, but in school, in class... They would be made fun of for not being good at Fortnite. That's just sad. That's crazy. And it's like this fear of missing out that like you want to play these other games, but Fortnite is so big that or even there's like a couple students. I'm like, have you played this game yet? They're like, no, I have to get good at Fortnite. Like I have to keep playing Fortnite. Like I have yeah. to keep right. And I don't think they were playing the games that they really wanted to. Or maybe Fortnite is the game you want to play. I don't really care. See, I was just mocked because I was good at school. You're still mocked to this day because you're good at school. <laughs> so this goes into my next point. Now, <clears throat> because there's so many games that we can play, especially with Xbox Game Pass. Oh, yeah. My God, that's a great value. That's such a good value. But with a world that's always on demand, and what I mean by that, it's like streaming games, downloading games. You're gaming on like games on YouTube, right? Like, um, you're back always... in our day, you had to go all the way to Blockbuster to get a game you didn't own. Jeez, um, <laughs> but like everything's on demand. Download only. Like there it is. Like, and all these games are popping out. Um, it's like a nonstop of all these games. With with a world that's on demand mm -hmm. all the time, it's hard to not feel the pressure anymore. Yeah. Would you agree that, like, because the world's on demand, do you think that, like, the fear of missing out has become even greater since we were kids? Yes. Mm. I think it has a lot to do with the on demand and the social media. And I hate being one of those people that blame social media for everything. But social media has caused a lot of problems in this world. It has. Because too many things are out there. You know what everyone's doing at every moment of the day. So you know when there's thousands of people playing a game that you haven't played yet. Yeah. When we were younger... The only people you knew were playing that game were the people you interacted with every day. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was, I think social media is even bigger than the on demand. Because on demand, mm -hmm. all right, yeah, there's the problem with that is that there <coughs> are so many games. And so not only are there games that you actually want to play, but there's also games that other people are playing that you want to play so you can talk about it with them. Yeah. So, like you even said, there are games that you have to get. 
fuck he's moving the camera. To, to stay relevant. Yeah, that you have to get so that, not so you stay relevant, but so that if you play, you have to play it now before it goes out of style so that you can actually talk about it with people in the moment. Yeah. Because if you wait to talk about it in a year, your friends are, are already on a different game. Exactly. And then another thing with the on-demand is that there's so many games now. Yeah. There weren't as many game options when you were younger. They came out, they took longer to come out. And they more of it, act, yeah. More of them are live services too. Exactly. Like Anthem. So they're always getting updated. There's always new things coming out. So not only are you getting new parts of old games, but you're getting new games yeah. that are then getting new parts of that game. Exactly. And it goes on and on and on forever. So I do think that the on demand has caused a big problem with the fear of missing out and as well as social media because like I said now it's not just the people you interact with every day it's people on the internet because everyone's friends with people that they don't know on the internet yeah. or you look up the hashtag for that game or you follow that game that that game's Twitter and so you see all these people are playing it and talking about it and you're like oh my gosh I need to get this game because look at all the people that are playing it and all my friends are playing it so it's like it's just it's, it's just too a mess. much for your brain to handle and that's just it is that like I think that this has a lot to do with that on-demand social media. Mm-hmm. They have to stay relevant. And a lot of your friends are already starting to play it. And it becomes that high pressure mm-hmm. to stay in the moment. Because, you know, like I said, like especially since we're on a gaming channel, like I still want to play and keep up with all these games and understand what aspects there are. And I still haven't played Death Stranding. Yeah. And this is kind of thing that I'm in the fear of missing out because I'm talking about the, I've been talking about Death Stranding on this podcast for months. Yeah, you were super excited about, it, but now that you're hearing reviews and things <coughs> about it, you're unsure. But you're still yeah. tempted to buy it and play it because I you, want to stay relevant. Yeah, you want to be able to talk about it on here. You want to be able to talk about it with your friends. Yeah, you know, and you're just worried if you don't play it, something bad's going to happen. Yeah, and that's just it. I feel like it's this like, turned into a little psychology session. Like, why do you feel <laughs> like if you don't play this game, you'll be irrelevant? Well, like, I think <laughs> it has a lot to do with YouTube as well. Yeah. To, like, keep up with YouTube content creation. Now, yeah. I'm not, you know, this isn't my full-time job. But to make it my full-time job, I need to stay relevant. Yeah. I can't just be in the behind. I have to go forward. And that's just it. Like, I'm fighting for a full-time job on this platform. Mm-hmm. And just to have that full-time job, I need to play every single game and understand it, right? And I think it has a lot to do with that, where I'm in the fear of not only missing out, but not making this my full-time job Yeah. on that. And it's such a fear that I'm just like, oh, man, I got I to gotta play this. I got to play this. Um, and, I, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to play Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play Death Stranding. I want to play Outer Worlds. I want to play Outer Worlds forever and ever and ever. Amen. <laughs> but. You're stupid. But. Um, and that's just it. Is that Outer Worlds is just so amazing and so much to do. And I just want to play it and I want to play it for hours and I want to play it again and, and play it another time. It's my new Oxen Free. Yeah. And that's, and just, that's okay. Yeah. Now, I'm still interested in Jedi Fallen Order because one. I love Star Wars. Yeah, I want to play that too. And two, it's actually getting pretty good reviews from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, But I I definitely want to play that. But I just want to... I haven't played any video games in a week. And the only game I want to play right now is Outer Worlds. Yeah. And that's just it. And that's okay. 
Now, you talked about social media and you talked about how people are always talking about it and it's always online and all of these people. My next point is that like with everything on demand, with everything on social media, I think it actually stems from not only a fear of missing out, but actually also stems from a fear of keeping away from spoilers. Yeah. Because spoilers ahead and not on this podcast. Don't worry about that. Yeah. But, but like, think <clears throat> about in or Endgame. Yeah, I was spoiled about it before yeah. I saw it, and I went because opening en- night. Yeah, yeah, but, and that's the thing is that that's the other thing. People see movies sooner than they would like. Yeah, because they're scared it's going to be spoiled from them. Like even like Big Brother during the summer when I watch Big Brother. Yeah, I if we miss an episode, we have to wait for it to be on demand or to watch our recording. Yeah, I have to stay off of Twitter and Facebook because I follow Big Brother on there. Yeah. And I can't look at it because they're going to post something like the second it's announced. Yeah. They post who got evicted or who won. Yeah. Big Brother does. Yeah. Yeah. So like I worry that, oh my gosh, I can't go on Twitter because I could scroll past it by accident. Yeah. You know, so it's like those things where you're like, you're scared you're going to, you have to watch it now so that you don't accidentally see it on social media. And because video games are such a time constraint. You have to play it now and not follow it because I've seen articles mm-hmm. of games and it's right there. Like they spoil it with the article title. Which is stupid. And it's like only a week old. I, I remember, I can't remember what game it was. I don't remember. But I remember it was only like a week old and I had yeah. just beaten it because like I, I was just so feared. And there was an article with like a spoiler within the article title. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? And I was like telling Liz, like, I'm so it was glad. was a recent game. I can't remember which one that was. I can't remember. But it was like recent. It was within the, within the past couple months. Yeah. It was in the past couple months, and I can't remember what it was. But mm-hmm. that just is. It's like, I would like to play Death Stranding before I'm spoiled with the ending. Because you know there's going to be discussions yeah. about the ending. Because yeah. apparently the ending leaves you in awe. Yeah. And I'm fearing that I'm going to be spoiled for a 50-hour game. Mm-hmm. Like I have to beat a 50 uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 took me and I played that game like pretty much nonstop. Yeah. Any free time you had, you're playing that. And it took me a month yeah. to beat. I think it was like a 60 hour game. And that was with a week off of work. Yeah. With a week off. Yeah. Like in Thanksgiving. And I played it and, play, and like it was 60 hours. It took me a month and I just wanted to beat it so that, you know, I, I could beat the spoilers on social media. And that's the thing, because everything's so on demand and right there, right in front of your face that you're kind of trying to beat the spoilers. Yeah. And that's just it's so bad um, that I think that way. But I want to play Death Stranding before I'm spoiled with it. Yeah. And I know people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, oh, I can spoil them. (laughs) But or even with Jedi Fallen Order, I want to beat that before the ending is spoiled for me. Mm hmm. Uh, I would like to beat Outer Worlds before the uh, ending is spoiled for me, and, and there's and that's the thing because video games are such a time constraint. You talked about Big Brother, yeah. Big Brother is an hour. Yep. You can just like watch that and like on your free time and like not look at social media. But with with a game that's like 40, yeah. 60 hours long, it's so hard. That that's why I beat like I got After Party. Well, it was on Game Pass, but that's yeah. why I beat it like right away. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to beat it in a day so that I don't hear any spoilers about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's just is that like we can't be just playing games because we're scared to be spoiled about it. Yeah. 
And it's this fear of missing out. And it's also like a fear of missing out to stay relevant, to stay away from spoilers, that we kind of miss the games that we actually want to play. Yeah. All I want to play is Outer Worlds. I want to make this games in Outer Worlds or like Outer Worlds and groceries. That's, that's all I want to do. <laughs> like, I love Outer Worlds so much. And uh, anyways, um, but with less time and we're talking as like 20 some year olds, yeah. right? We have less times. We have to go to work. I'm working a new full time job and in a grocery store. But with less time and less money and, and less sleep. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I wish I could sleep less so I can make, you know, make more time for games. But my my one shift as we're recording this, I'm working from 12 to 9 p.m. And then I work the next day from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I would like some sleep in between those shifts. And some of the shifts start at 6 a.m. Yeah, some of my shifts start at 6 a.m. And I wish I could go. But here's the thing. I'm um, I'm not going to say what my job is. It's not that sketchy. But I work in a grocery store. And let's just say that I would like sleep before I do my job or else I hurt myself. Yeah. If I have a lack of sleep. He could potentially hurt himself. Yeah. Or someone else. Or someone else. So that's the thing. Is it like, oh, Adam, you can just, you know, go in sleepy. Eh, not with my job. But it, no, no. Going on with my point, though. As adults with less time, less money because bills and less sleep because of our shifts we should be more fearing about not playing the games we love when yeah. we want to play things that you want to come home and actually play, not <coughs> come home and play because everyone else is playing it. I still remember when Cuphead came out mm -hmm. and you know, I only wanted to play because everyone else was playing it, but that game is so brutal that, you know, when I come home from work, I want to play a game I enjoy, not a game I survive. Yeah. And that just is like, I don't want to play a game that beats me down. Yeah, that stresses you out more than work. So I just was like, you know what? I want to play this game. I can't remember what game I was playing yeah. instead. But I remember I was only playing Cuphead because everyone else was playing Cuphead. And that's just is. It. It's just like, I don't want to play Cuphead. Yeah. And that's the fear is that I think you should. I think it was Origins. Oh, Yeah. Instead. Assassin's Creed Origins, I spent so much time That's in. That's what I mean. I think you wanted to play Origins instead of Cuphead. Origins be is better than Odyssey. I have to say that in every single podcast. Or anyway. Origins is better than Odyssey. Anyway. Fight me on Twitter. Anyway. anyway. So. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Instead of a fear of missing out, mm -hmm. the fear should be that you don't get to play the game that you want to play. Yeah. And that's the fear. That's what fear you should be having, that people are controlling your life. Yeah. Now, this kind of goes into like a real life situation, but it also goes into your dreams in life. Do you ever feel like, and I'm talking to you, the listener, uh, do you ever feel like your life is not in your control? That you're, you're only doing things because other people are telling you to do it, whether it be your job, the way you dress, the way you walk, Right. That y your whole life is controlled by somebody, right? That you're not doing your passion. And that's just it. Is that like, I want to do something with my life that, you know, means something to me, that is creating and that is something artistic. And I want to like 
create something every single day. And I know you want to do that too, Liz. Yeah. Create something new every single day. If I could just sit home and edit most of the day and write, Mm -hmm. I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. And that's just it. It's like, I fear of working, you know, only because I have to do that. Yeah. You know, working a job because I only have to, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that I'm fearing working at all. Um, I actually enjoy going to a job, you know, but I also want to create also. I feel like I'm digging myself a grave here, but that's just is that like I quit youth ministry because I felt like that was a thing I had to do. Mm -hmm. It was what I had to do. And if you watch my video, like I said, like why I left youth ministry, I felt like it was the thing I had to do instead of the thing I want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and And that goes back into the smaller aspect of entertainment you want to consume. Right. Is that you should actually fear about, is this something I want to watch? Is this something I want to consume? Or is it something that society wants me to consume? I want to consume outer worlds. I want to be the consumer of worlds, outer worlds. Oh, geez. What, what game do you want to play for the rest of your life, Liz? Sims. Nah, I don't know. I don't think I could play a game for the rest of my life. Well, like, what game do you want to play right now? I, I think it's Breath of the Wild you wanted to play. No. No? I don't know. Probably Sims. Probably Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's just it. Like, and that's the thing. I don't play as much Sims because I'm like, no, I need to play other games. Yeah. And I that's, could sit play Sims forever. And that's the thing. As adults, we have less time. We have to prioritize things. And the fear of missing out should become the fear of missing out of what you want to play. And it, sure, I, I recommend games all the time on here. And I sometimes I'm guilty of like guilting people of playing a game like Spider-Man or Assassin's Creed Origins, not or Odyssey. Life is Strange. Or Life is Strange. I will pressure you to play that. But I know deep down that you want to play the game that you want to play, and that's what you should play. Mm-hmm. That's it. Play the game that you want to play. Um, I, I remember when I guessed on um, Good Game, Great Game, you know, I gave them a selection of games and say, like, what game do you want to talk about? Uh, one of those games was Hello Neighbor, and they just did not want to play it. And I respect that. Yeah. That's the game that they did not want to consume. And that's fine. We ended up playing um, Gardens Between, and that was fantastic. In fact, I also played it on his channel. Uh, hopefully, I'm pointing in the right direction right here. Um, but yeah, the Gardens Between was a fantastic game. So uh, let's wrap up this conversation by saying that the fear of missing out is a real thing. Yeah. It's real. Mm-hmm. But... Like I say, we should accept that you're not going to play every single game out there. Yeah. You're not. It's impossible. Like, you don't have enough time. Even if you're a teenager and you have all the time in the world, you don't have the time to play every single game. Yeah. You should be more afraid that you're not playing the games you actually want to consume. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm not trying to be on a soapbox here. I'm also saying this to myself, right? That it's okay to just play the game you want to play. Right now, I don't want to play Death Stranding. Yeah. I kind of want to play Jedi Fallen Order. I highly desire to play Outer Worlds. And that's just it. Um, I know you have to catch up on Breath of the Wild, which is what you're going to do a little later. Yes. 
But, you know, you like playing Sims. I like playing Sims. Maybe someday we'll have a segment called Sims Saturdays. <gasps> I just play Sims? Yeah. Everyone just watches Lizzie play Sims. Maybe after we're done, Life is Strange. Like, I can do my own Let's Play and you could do Sims Saturdays. Okay. Would you like that? Yeah. Sims Saturdays. Um, you, heard, hear, heard, you heard it here first, folks. I'm good at this. Um, any other closing thoughts? Um, nope. 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 But that's just it. Is that like, what game do you want to play? And I'm, I'm talking to you, the listener. What game do you want to play? What game are you afraid that you're going to miss out on? Is it Death Stranding? Is it another game that's coming out very, very soon? Maybe I want to play Cyberpunk 2077. Maybe. But I'm I'm probably the time that time I'm still playing Outer Worlds probably. or something. But or you know, there's other retro games I want to play. Mm-hmm. There there's a lot of GameCube games that I want to catch up on. And that's just it. It's like there's so many games coming out, and I just want to catch up on on my Switch games, GameCube mm-hmm. games, but I also have to work full time. Um hopefully, you know, I don't know. There there's some things that like in the in the background. Not yeah. not in this background, not literally, but there's stuff behind the curtains where you know, I, I hope I can make this at least my part-time job Yeah. on YouTube. And I can have more time to, um, you know, keep up with the games that you want to hear about. But, you know, with all that said and done, um, I don't know. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up before the camera cuts out because I'm pretty close to the end here. So Yeah, I don't even know how it went on this long. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on social media at Gaming Groceries or follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ace to Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So be friends with us there and interact with us there. You can also follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word. We can see behind the scenes photos as well as check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the audio podcasts as well as find out where you can listen to the audio podcast as well as some articles I might write from time to time. Uh, and finally, if you enjoyed this episode on YouTube, if you really liked it, Definitely consider giving a like because it does help out the channel just by clicking that like button. Uh, you'll help out the channel immensely as well as sharing it with a friend who hasn't heard about this podcast before. Share with a friend. See, w- see what they say about it. So it really does help out the channel because YouTube reads into those and says, oh, people actually like this. People are sharing it. Maybe we should recommend it to other people. It helps out a lot by just clicking that like button and as well as subscribing to the channel. Now, subscribing to the channel doesn't tell youtube but you know it helps us out to understand that people are enjoying these segments so yeah. definitely hit that subscribe and notification bell so that you know when all the podcasts come out as well as our let's plays maybe someday some saturdays um and finally if you're listening on itunes iHeartRadio, spot where if you can leave reviews leave us your honest your honest star ratings as well as your ratings and reviews it's almost out of time okay uh we'll see you in the next episode have a good week Bye.